guys, I am finally back, and I owe uh, everyone a big apology for being gone so long, but I'm going to be frankly and generally honest. I did not uh, count the cost when it came to forming this podcast, not saying it's like this isn't a farewell kind of sad thing. This is a getting back on track thing. I didn't count the cost, as Jesus would say, uh, when it comes to labor. So I deserve to kind of be made fun of and everything. Um, I thought that it would be a lot more manageable than what it was. But dude, life, life slapped me pretty hard in the face, and it's been really hard to even find time to do this. Uh, being really honest, I was uh, struggling myself with schoolwork and just life and stuff happened and. All sorts of craziness was going on and uh, trying to ignite that passion for Jesus again. And uh, it's, it's whooped me. It's, it's whooped me. And this, you know, be my last year in college. Uh, so that was stressful trying to get through and trying to finish out this semester and everything. But uh, thank God, uh, finally getting done with that. This is a class called Advanced Accounting. And dude, it kind of kicked my butt. But I think you guys had enough of just hearing from me. I wonder how you guys are. I hope that you're living well, being blessed by the Lord, uh, him leading and guiding you. It's been some crazy times since uh, we last even got on the podcast. Um, you know, the the Russian-Ukraine war, the attacks uh, of Israel and, and Gaza, invasion by Israel and the bombings and a lot of just craziness going on and people saying the end times are coming and everything and all sorts of craziness. You know, you can kind of get overwhelmed, but this will be a spot to where we can just relax and get into the presence of Jesus uh, through the scriptures. And this is just going to be me, this episode. Uh, so if you guys are looking for Austin or Jacob, I'm very sad to disappoint you. Try to get those guys back into it. But again, this is all my fault for not having this going. And uh, I guess that's enough of an introduction. Let's say uh, let's say we jump right back into the scriptures and let's let's try to have a good time. All right, see you guys here shortly. It's going to be like a really cool edit kind of cut. No sound effect because I'm on a budget kind of thing. But watch this. Three, two, one. And I'm back. Just like that. Like I never left. Like I never left. Um, I think I believe the last time we went over, we kind of did a biblical outline of the whole Bible. And uh, kind of wanted to hamper in. Going to get through Genesis 1 through 3. Guys, I've been rereading Genesis. Last time we left off, I read I reread my entire Bible again. And got like new stuff out of it. So I hope with new knowledge that I'll be able to better help and better serve. But um, I'm going to do a brief look into Genesis 1 through 3 again. And we're going to just hit off the story and go right back into it and try to explore and see where the other narratives come out at. Um, not sure how long it's going to take or how many chapters we're going to get into. I have like this general idea in my head. I kind of want to get to chapter 11 at least but i'm not going to read it like verbatim for you just want to kind of give you away so you would go to the scriptures that uh, you get the best of it so open up your bible grab a pen if if you want to kind of mark some stuff or don't or just listen or just do it in your own quiet time i'm not going to force you uh but remember um coming to the bible coming to a whole nother universe and different culture and different time period and everything uh, so you got to have a really open mind and open heart. I've uh, been listening to a lot of people kind of discuss and talk about the Bible. And one of the things that people really do a terrible job of is understanding the Old Testament. 
uh, people try to, I'm, I'm talking about teachers as well in this point, people, you know, non-believers, I guess you, you kind of don't really expect them to know the Bible well, because, I mean, they're not living for Jesus. Uh, but people really have this bad understanding of the Old Testament, and it really, it really hurts the image of Jesus. Uh, well, if you're a non-believer on this podcast too, because everybody's welcome, you don't have to just be a believer, you just might be somebody that's curious about the Bible, but uh, having an understanding of the Old Testament directly correlates to the person of Jesus. Like, you cannot read the Old Testament and have like a really bad understanding and still come away that Jesus is really awesome, he's really good, and he's really cool. Uh, but I've set this example many times, if you know me. Uh, it's kind of like watching, uh, this may be an outdated example by now, but it's kind of like watching the uh, Avengers Endgame without watching any other Marvel movie. Like you can come out of that movie feeling pretty great about it because it has like a lot of action. You know, got a ton of characters. You can find probably find your favorite character in there and just love them and everything. But uh, if you didn't, I mean, even the previous movies add so much context to that movie. Uh, but if you didn't watch anything, you don't come in with the idea of who these characters are and why. Uh, this is not going to be a spoiler alert because the movie's so old and why, you know, Tony Stark dies in that movie. Somebody might get mad at me for a spoiler alert. I really hope not, but I hope you watched that movie by now. Uh, you're not going to the sacrifice that it cost or, you know, Captain America, um, you know, him sacrificing and everything, the themes of the movies that are going into this. I'm not saying that uh, it's like really into depth and really deep to understand, but you're missing out on so much that I feel like adds over to the overall impact of it. Like my favorite superhero uh, is either Captain America or Spider-Man. Like it interchanges, but I love both those those characters. But uh, so, but so to to know the background, and history, and the, and the comics, and everything about this character it means so much more. You get into the climax of of who they are. Um, you know, I'm a huge Spider-Man guy. I don't know if you guys watched the original Spider-Man with Tobey uh, Maguire and all that, but imagine just watching Spider-Man three without you know. <laughs> Any kind, I mean, it's a cool movie and you'll get a lot of, out of it, but it's like you won't you won't you won't really understand the full picture. And same thing uh, with the Old Testament. Uh, this is Jesus family. Uh, Jesus is a is a Jewish man that that grew up in Nazareth. You know, uh, he immigrated to to Egypt uh, to escape people trying to kill him. But he's a he's a Jewish man. Uh, grew up in Roman occupation. He's a part of he's the climax of Israel's history. Um and we sh- and I'm going to explain more into depth while we're reading about Jewish people so much in in the Bible and like why God chose these people. Uh, but it's it's really important. Like you just can't skip over that. Uh, you really can't skip over that. Uh, Israel played a, a, a just a, a major a major factor in this world. Still is going to play a major part uh, in the in the scriptures. Uh, there's there's a ton of messianic Jewish people. You know, people that believe that Jesus is the Messiah, Messiah meaning the anointed one, the king, uh, that Jesus is the true ruler of the world. And that's and that's important because God chose these people and they're really they're just really important. So I don't want you guys to kind of like think, ah, really a bunch of laws and everything. But at the same time, uh, it's going to keep skipping ahead a lot. But I think this is really crucial to understand. These laws are not written to 21st century American Western Americans. I mean, they're not. They they weren't meant for you to 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 have. God wrote these rules out. Like you get to, I'm talking about like Ten Commandments and all other 603 laws that come after that. You know, with animal sacrifice and a lot of weird stuff that we don't understand. Uh, so when you come across these things in Scripture, which probably healed up a lot of people, and I see this come up in debatable uh, arguments all the time, 
you know, wearing clothes with mixed fabrics and all, and, you know, having haircuts and tattoos and everything. Uh, these laws were not meant for you and I to ever follow. Because, uh, well, if you're not a Jewish person, I will say that because it may be a Jewish person listening to this and not saying uh, that, but they weren't meant for non, I mean, they're, they're not meant for you to do. Uh, so a lot of this is going to get encapsulated in here, but I feel like this is a really good uh, open introduction thing. And I'm probably going to have a longer, this is probably going to be another section for my little rant. And then I'm going to skip and then we're going to go to scripture again. So people know when the, what the little break is, but uh, it's not, it's not meant for 21st century Americans to, to follow these, all these 603 laws. It never was. And I think people show a really bad understanding of the Bible when you open it up and you flip to a random page and you see something emulated and you say, well, it's in the Bible. I got to copy that. Uh, the Bible has a lot of stuff in it and it, it depicts humans and humans are really messed up. I mean, it has rape in the Bible, has murder in the Bible, has all sorts of sex scandals in the Bible. Uh, that doesn't mean you should follow it. So it's not a verbatim one to one. You should follow it because it's in the Bible. You should you got to understand it. You have to read it around context. You have to know what God's trying to tell you through these scriptures. Like these scriptures are meant to give you wisdom and knowledge by understanding why God gave the rule. It's, so imagine a parent telling a kid not to eat chocolate. When you read that, or if it was in the Bible or whatever, when you read that or hear that, it doesn't mean that every single child does not eat chocolate. What's the wisdom behind their child not eating chocolate? Well, if you read the other context around it, oh, you just got the dentist off, you need to keep your teeth clean, you're going to the dentist tomorrow, or you just had a cavity, or maybe that kid's like, you know, a diabetic, you can't have chocolate, or maybe he's allergic to chocolate. There's so much stuff that can be going into that. You just can't read and just say, well, that applies to everybody. It's not like rules we have today to where it's like, you know, no left turn. That means no left turn for everybody. When you come to the scriptures, you got to understand the wisdom and the knowledge behind that. And then you able to apply something to your life. Uh, the, one of the most beautiful passages in, in scripture is when Paul and I have to kind of get the direct thing from you probably Google this and, uh, after a little break, I'm, I'm going to take a second to get you that reference. But Paul, he takes in the Old Testament passage in Leviticus that oxen are to be muzzled while they're treading grain. Um, so that means like an ox has like his the grain cart or the threshing board behind it and it's pulling and it's, and it's threshing your grain uh, for you. Like, hey, you don't muzzle that ox. Why don't you muzzle the ox? Oh, so the ox can eat. And, you know, he, he gets he basically getting paid for his labor. And Paul says, does God really write that for oxen or was he talking about us? And he uses it as a as a scripture to allude to why, um, you know, people who preach the gospel should get be paid through their preaching mean because they're getting paid for the work they're doing. And that's the kind of understanding I want everyone to, and myself included to have when you come to the scriptures. So when you read about fabric being mixed with different thread or you read about animal sacrifices or you read about. Um, sexual purity laws and, you know, all sorts of kind of stuff we figure like to be weird or, or crude or restrictive or whatever background you come from. Understand the wisdom behind it. Why would God give that? And Lord willing, he's going to give you insight uh, to that. Same thing when it comes to the Bible. So I, I just want to get that out there because you have a, well, for, there's a ton of false teachers and I'm not trying, you know, uh, out there who's going to try to lead people astray, but you also have like a lot of people who just aren't wise when it comes to the Bible and they, and they teach accordingly. So, and they'll, you know, you'll read some passages and they'll come away with it. You need to follow this one-to-one. -one. Um, like I heard this really, uh, bad thing 
of this guy. Uh, he was like, and this is probably going to be controversial, but I need to get it out there anyway. He's a guy who's like, we need to, you know, I don't want to kill homosexuals, but I think homosexuals should die under the law and coming from uh, the the commandment in Leviticus. Uh, you know, you, you see uh, two homosexual men or women getting together and, you know, the same sex kind of thing. It's an abomination before the Lord, so they should be they should be killed. Uh, to sum that that thing up, you know, if you find this, you're going to be killed. That doesn't mean that you, as a follower of Jesus, should go around hoping that God kills all the homosexual people. That doesn't, that's not what that means. That's not what that means. Um, in in context of what that command was having, again, it's, it's Jewish people living in a covenant they agreed to the make before the Lord. So it's not like a, they agreed to it. It's not like, you know, I am kind of being forced into this. Uh, he said, hey, you follow these rules and regulations. I'll be your God. You'll be my people. I'm going to bless you among the nations. I'll make you, you know, the top people. Uh, they agreed to the sexual purity. And anybody who breaks this com- covenant is is ordered to death. And that's how and that's how serious the, the covenant is. And you have to understand the entirety of Scripture to, to kind of get to that. But I did want to address that kind of makes my heart heavy even even talking about that kind of thing because many people even in my like it's just this uh hatred of of homosexual people and it's okay to disagree with somebody's lifestyle but it's not okay to have so much hatred in your heart uh towards somebody who lives a different lifestyle because we're first off we're ordered to love and that's how we show god is love in fact uh, if you don't love, you don't know God. So to 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 have these kind of things out there and to be so aggressive, um, it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth and it kind of makes my, my heart heavy. Not to say that I'm perfect, not to say that I'm perfect at all, but it leaves my heart heavy. And one little add-in story of my own uh, mess up, then I'll kind of jump to the scripture. Sorry it's taking me so long, but I haven't talked to you guys in a while, so it's, you know, it's easy to ramble. Uh, last night, I was playing a chess game and I got... I lost. I got whooped pretty good. And this guy was like talking trash. Usually you play like foreign people. They don't really like talk English or whatever. Uh, but this 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 American guy was talking trash and I got like really upset. And, you know, I called him. A, you know, he said that he I said that he sucked and called him like a bum or whatever. Then I realized, like, well, this is not befitting of a Christian. So I had to repent. Uh, and then I had to apologize. And, you know, I told the guy, I hope I really never play him again or talk to him again because it really made me mad. But I did uh, hope and pray that he came to know Jesus. and. And the, and the love that's there. So putting that out there, just to say, first off, it's like a open confession. But uh, just to get that out there that I'm, I'm not perfect. Just because I'm behind a mic, I'm not perfect. But we can strive to be better. Uh, understanding and also loving one another. Uh, that was kind of off the cuff. So <laughs> without further ado, I'm going to get you that scripture reference too when I come back. But further ado, going to see a little transition jump cut. Going to be seamless transition for you in three, two, one. Guys, I found it. It's uh, 1 Timothy uh, 1, or 1 Timothy 5, 18. I had to, had to think that one out. But uh, starting in verse 17, I think this would be really cool to, to read, to see how. If you, if you want a good commentary of the Old Testament, read the New Testament and go back and trace what they're trying to they're say when they're alluding to passages because these New Testament authors are absolute geniuses and they have just a really rich understanding of the of the Old Testament. But anyways, um, the the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those who work whose work is preaching and teaching. For Scripture says, do not muzzle an ox while it's treading the grain, and the worker deserves his wages. So, 
that's you know and he was like what he's talking about oxen but he's doing he's doing that uh, i think he does it again another passage but that's the that's the one that uh, i found um i think he does it like sorry this is off the cuff i think it's first corinthians like nine nine please forgive me guys but i am an amateur so i hope that you guys do forgive me um yeah, starting in verse 7, 1 Corinthians 9, verse uh, 7. Who serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat his grapes? Who tends a flock and does not drink the milk? Do I say this merely on human authority? Does on law say the same? For it is written in the law of Moses, Do not muzzle an ox while they're treading out grain. Is it an oxen that God is concerned about? Surely he says this for us, doesn't he? Yes, this is written for us, because whoever plows and threshes should be able to do so in the hope that of sharing the harvest. If you shown if you have sown spiritual seed among you, is it too much if we reap a material harvest from you? If others have this right of support from you, shouldn't we have it all the more? And he goes into talking to the Corinthians about, you know, giving their gift. But that's, you know, further ahead. But hey, check out check out the book of Corinthians. Check it well check out some of Paul's writings and you notice the, the Old Testament allusions and stuff like that. So and that's the kind of understanding I want to have of the Old Testament, you know, applying it to, to life in different situations because it, it's just it's wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Anyways, going back to the verses. So starting in Genesis 1 through 3, um, again, new world, new universe you're stepping into. Humble yourself. Understand um, that this is going to make you uncomfortable and, you know, uh, call you out in some areas. And sometimes you're going to be like, this is really weird. I don't know what's going on. But um you know, it talks about in the beginning. We all know that, you know, one one in the beginning, which is pretty much the Hebrew way of saying, hey, once upon a time, a long time ago, not to say it's like a fairy tale or anything, but it's not concerned about exact dates. So get or exact dates or how many years ago or whatever. So get the whole uh, trying to disprove evolution kind of thing. Get that out of your mind for really quick. Not to say that evolution is true or whatever. We're all created. I believe that 100 percent. We're all created and God created us. Don't know the exact time or dates because I'm not really a, a science guy. I don't want to really get into all that or whatever. But the Bible's not like a timeline for the creation of the universe trying to disprove 21st century um, arguments. It is not the not the point. Uh, so God creates this orderly world. He, he feels like the the chaos with order. Uh, starts off as this watery mass of chaos and darkness. God brings in light. He brings in land. He harms the sea. Uh, you know, later passages it says like he slays the the, the sea dragon, the Leviathan that was there, this image of this chaos dragon that was raging around. Uh, so the opposite of God's order is is chaos. Uh, so you get that, and then to top off God's creation, he creates these these people made in his own image. He has this beautiful poem at the end of, uh, of chapter 1. Uh, then God said, let us make mine, this is verse 26, then God said, let us make mankind in our image and our likeness that they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move on the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So God creates these people made in his image and his likeness. And notice it says are uh, right there, like assuming multiple. Uh, you have God. It, well, first off, you have God and then you have the spirit of God that's mentioned uh, kind of separate and distinct. Uh, and then later passages, you're going to have this figure called the angel of the Lord who and notice, pay attention to that when you're reading through Genesis, you have like this angel of the Lord. You say, Oh, this guy's an angel, but he talks with the authority and power of, of God. And you're just like, huh? 
And, you know, sometimes, like, the angel of the Lord will appear, and then he said, God sent the angel of the Lord, or the angel of the Lord appeared, and he's like, oh, you know, he says, I command you, or, oh, I will surely bless you. It's like, wait a minute, is this God, or is this angel of God? And you're like, oh. But uh, this is uh, this is what we call the Christian, in the Christian tradition, the Trinity. Um, God has chosen to reveal himself in three persons, that being Jesus will reveal the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, and a lot of people, a lot of different denominations, or Jewish people, I guess, would say that. I don't really know, but I've heard it a lot from kind of Muslims. So um, they, w- they would say that we just pulled this out of nowhere, that you don't, you don't find it. But, you know, again, Jesus isn't bringing something new. He's just a, he's just a revelation of what's, what's old. Uh, so if you have any understanding of who Jesus is, uh, you'll notice that he does things that only God can do, yet he calls God the Father, and it's this thing called the Holy Spirit. And they all act as God, but they're all uniquely one. Jesus says, I'm the Father, and the Father is in you, and I'm going to send the Helper. And the Helper will be with you, and the Helper will you know, lead you to us, and we all be as one as me and my Father are one. And it's it's like, what is going on? It blows your mind, but this is how God is choosing to, to reveal himself uh, to humanity. He's not like a simple one-to-one ratio being. He's he's chosen to reveal himself in three persons. And this this is what holds up our universe, this trinity of love of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit as God has chosen to, to reveal it to us. Um, that's that's going to need more than just one episode or like five minutes to explain. But that's the that's the brief understanding of it. And it gets revealed right here in the beginning pages of the Bible. Um, so... And God takes these people and he blesses them and says, hey, I want you guys to be fruitful and multiply. You're going to rule over all the works of my hands. So they're going to rule in the exact image and likeness of God. There's a lot of stuff you can learn about God uh, in here. First off, he's a God of order, a God of beauty, a God who likes to bring delights and bring light in life from everything. Um, allows these people to rule. It allows these people to rule. Um and, you know, this people, a lot of people say this world was perfect in the beginning, which they're absolutely right. It was perfect, but it's not exactly the finished project that God wanted yet because he made these people. He wanted them to, to spread out and multiply and rule over the world. And the people haven't really got to ruling yet. That's why you get to the end pages of the Bible. Uh, that's why I certainly believe the end is going to be better than the beginning. Um, I don't want to jump too ahead of myself. But it's really good. So when you guys read through it, you're going to notice like the direct. The end pages of the Bible have like this direct parallel to what's going on here. But God blesses all, gave these people the ability to rule, uh, to rule. And he does it all in six days. And on the seventh day, he rested. And uh, that's why you have the seven-day cycle. That's why Jewish people have uh, the Sabbath day. You guys may have heard of that, the rest day. Uh, it's going to be that Saturday, uh, Sunday, first day. And, you know, that's, that's why we have a weekend. So thank God for the weekend and all like that. Um so he does that, and then uh, chapter 2 tells the same story, but in a different way, highlighting Adam and Eve, um, you know, which is just a beautiful story. Uh, and in, in chapter 2, I just want to highlight how God, uh, God you know, man needed a helper, and he, and he sent uh, Eve. Um, that's not like a, what do you call it, like a, like a degrading kind of term to say Eve is a helper, because if you read the Psalm 27, uh, it says the Lord is my helper, uh, so it's not like this denigration and saying, "Oh, she's just a helper, like the help she's going to help uh, Adam do whatever he needs to do." 
Now, this idea of a helper in the, in the Bible, and the Holy Spirit's called a helper as well, the advocate, uh, is this this person who's able to do something I cannot possibly do something for me that I cannot possibly do on my own. And it's this companionship and it's just wholeness. Uh, man and woman are one flesh together. Uh, this beauty of it, which I think is really important. You think about the Trinity, uh, God, you know, they have this one humanity who are one yet separate. I think again, is is why reason God chose to reveal himself or why God even instituted marriage and everything like this. These, these two people who are one distinct and separate from another, but one, they come from one flesh. Um, it's just this, this really beautiful thing. And it just really highlights uh, how important human beings are to one another. But you get to Genesis 3, and all things are not good in the garden. You have this mysterious figure, the, the serpent, the snake, who's more crafty than all the other uh, animals that God had made. And, and there's this really crafty, crafty serpent. Um, spoiler alert, it's Satan. Um, and you're going to get that from understanding more of the Bible. Uh, you probably are introduced to at least somewhat a little bit of Christian literature. Understand that this is a serpent. And a serpent here is is here to undermine God's rule. He He's here to get people to question and to doubt, is this God really good? And I want you guys to pay attention to everything you already know about God. Uh, you're reading Genesis you, and how God declares everything to be good. On the, and he you know, sees humanity, says it's very good. And all creation is very, you know, it's, it's beautiful. God made all things beautiful. He made life and order and everything God commanded is good. He's been nothing but absolutely generous. He created these people from the dirt. And giving them everything to rule over. Uh, Psalms 8 describes this. And it's just like, man, what is mankind that you're mindful of? Them? Like, we're just we're just dirt creatures that you've given us all this glory and honor. Um, this is what kind of person God is. And yet you have this snake over here trying to undermine that. It's like, you know, did God really say? Oh, we have this. I'm sorry. I skipped over like a major part. There's two. <laughs> there's, there's two trees in the garden. Uh, the tree of life and the tree of knowing good and evil. And a lot of people say, well, why did God put that fruit there if, God, if, if he didn't want people to eat it? Uh, well, one reason would be uh, you can't force like a robotic love or force people to obey and command. That's not really love and God desires relationship with people. Uh, so he could not have had it there. And they've just been forced to obey every single thing that God did. And also the people have a choice. Uh, he's not God's not trying to limit them from knowing um, everything, you know, he's not trying to say that you guys don't need to understand like me or, well, I guess kind of, it's not, they don't need to understand like him. Uh, but he's not trying to like, you know, keep them stupid or whatever, trying to, he's not holding back on them by not letting them eat this tree of good and evil. But it's the, it's the way about how you get the knowledge that's important. We're going to trust in God's command to give it to you. We're going to try to seize and take what's right in your own eyes. And I think that's the, the theme that gets picked up a lot throughout the rest of Genesis and also throughout the rest of Scripture, like you're going to do what's right in your own eyes. You're going to trust God to give you that wisdom and that guidance. Had to clean it up a little bit. Sorry, I got like a little randy. Um, but you have those two trees and the, and the serpent's like, you know, did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? And uh, he goes after Eve in this. Uh, God talked directly to Adam about it. And of course, Eve got that knowledge. Uh, considerably through Adam or God reiterated it. And it's just not, you know, in that passage of, of scripture yet. I'm not sure how much time has passed, uh, you know, but, you know, the snake's here to undermine it. And Adam's there. I want you guys to know that it wasn't like Eve got tricked by herself. And then Adam was just off and he's like innocent in this. And it's all like the woman's fault or anything. He kind of let it go on. Uh, he had knowledge of it. 
but he he let himself get tempted as well. And later on passages, we call it like the sin of Adam in, in this, because he, he takes responsibility for it. But he let Eve get tricked and deceived by the serpent because he sees that the tree is desirable. So she's like, oh, this tree looks good. and It's going to be good for fruit. And I kind of want to, is God really holding out on us? Let's let him see. So they eat it. And immediately you see the consequences of it. Uh, the people are naked, which you know refers to the state of their skin, but it also refers to uh, their emotional vulnerability. Have you ever been able to just be absolutely open before another person without any shame to let them know uh, the deepest parts of you without feeling like any kind of shame? Uh, in, you know, if you've ever been in any kind of relationship, which I haven't been, by the way, so I don't know from personal experience, but I can imagine I played video games and I watched TV shows. Uh, but you're able to be emotionally vulnerable before another person, and it helps you. Well, it's just that's the that's people's goal to 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 know and to be known by somebody and to know and experience love, and that's that human that's that desire that God put in us because it's only come from Him. He He knows us and He loves us, and we want to know and love God, and it just gets fractured right here. They see that they're naked and they're no longer comfortable just being open and vulnerable. And they have to go run and try to cover up in their own skin. And uh, God comes and he, and, he, and he calls out to Adam. It's like where are, it's not like God doesn't know where he is, but he gives Adam the ability to come up before him, which is just this beautiful thing of confession. Um, we hide from God, but he finds us and gives us the ability to come out and to be open and clean, clean about it. And so many, there's so much stuff that I'm kind of layering on top. I meant to be quick about this. This is why I can always never tell. But uh, that's also this beautiful image of confession. You get to come out before the Lord and to just lay the full slate out before him. And uh, it's not that you're away from the consequences. Uh, if you guys ever did something bad to your parents and you have to confess and get that out there, it's not like you're rid of the consequences. But God is just this being who doesn't hold any grudges. And he never leaves these people. Uh, he, t he tells them the consequences of their sin. And he doesn't really curse them, per se, but he tells them how things are going to be cursed because of what they did, the consequences of their actions. Uh, like, if if I'm speeding, or if I run away from the police, and I have to go to my dad, and it's like, Dad, I ran away from the cops, and I have like a warrant out for my arrest. I go out and I tell him that, uh, and I confess it. It's not like he can just get rid of the warrant, unless he's like, you know, kind of rich and powerful, but different thing. Let's act like, um, you know, he's just the average family. Uh, but... It's not like you can just get rid of the consequences. You may have to face the time, you may have to go to the judge and, and do that whole process. But uh, you come out and he just has his ability to be open and God never leaves him. He never forsakes him. That's probably a bad example. Now I'm thinking about it with the, the, the warrant and judge thing. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Learning again. Learning again. But you're able to get open. And he's not excused from the consequences of it. Uh, but then that comes in the form of the ground being cursed and. Uh, pain for childbirth. So, yes, you women can blame Eve for that one. Sorry. Um, and the painful childbirth and, and everything like that. And the serpent is actually the one that gets cursed. And God makes this um, promise right here in the midst of the fall. Uh, he says, I'll put amenity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And it's this little poem right there that God makes a promise that the one day that serpent that calls us evil, he's going to be crushed. There's going to be a, um, a man born from Eve, her seed, who, who crushes the head of the serpent. Um, 
again, another spoiler alert because I can't help myself. That person is Jesus. <laughs> Way down the line coming from Eve, uh, not from Adam, but just from Eve with the virgin birth. That's why it's so important for virgin birth. And guys, it, Jesus was born of a virgin birth, conceived by the Holy Spirit, uh, come from that sea, and he's here to crush the snake. And, and what did that crushing of the snake look like? It looked like Jesus giving his life uh, for his enemies and dying from them on the cross. And that was that moment that Jesus uh, made a fool of all the dark powers and principalities and everything that causes us to sin. He crushed it. He crushed the head of the serpent right there. And the serpent, uh, it, it lashed out and bit his heel. And, I, and the image that I get um, in this, uh, people have looked at it a little bit. I thought the snake was poisonous. So like you get bit by a poisonous snake, you're going to die. So Jesus like died for us and he took that hit. People have taken like, you know, you get bit and you took the hit and, you know, nails in the in the feet when Jesus got crucified, which I understand as well. But just, just know that this is this is what that alluding to that way later down the line. So in the beginning, God had redemption for humanity already planned out. He who knows beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega. So that's Genesis 1 through 3. Uh, somewhat short of a recap, and then we're going to try to push a little bit uh, further ahead. So this is going to be another transition time, and we're going to we're going to try it out. So uh, I'll see you guys just in a second. I got to drink some water to refresh my voice. Okay, guys. Actually, been advised earlier that people like the shorter version of this, so I am going to stop this recording here. Sorry, and then I'm going to make another video kind of going to further off so i apologize again i'm an amateur and i have poor editing skills so i don't really know how much i'm going to do because i kind of go off the cuff but i hope you guys enjoyed this part now that i'm going to be that i'm going to do i'm just going to upload a lot of episodes all at once i used to try to do like a schedule like a once a week and store of episodes but i feel like you guys uh, deserve this so <laughs> but I, I i do apologize so i'm gonna upload all these beautiful Things that and I'm going to talk to you guys just in a second. I'm going to be recording a back to back episode and that's going to be split in half. So, <laughs> love you guys. Hope that you guys are blessed by Jesus and uh, get the scriptures to that. Read it, understand it, know it, love it. Uh, get good, develop good habits, guys. Develop good habits and just do good and go USM because we're about to play a ball game here today on a Saturday. This is going to be recorded on Saturday. So, hope you guys. Uh, and happy Thanksgiving. I miss a lot of holidays. Happy, uh, no, Veterans Day, 4th of July, all that. It's my birthday. You guys didn't tell me happy birthday. <laughs> I'm just rambling on. <laughs> Love you guys. Hope to, hope to see you guys again soon if anybody stuck around. If you stuck around through the, the long hiatus, you, you guys are the real MVP. I just want, you to, just want you to know that. Love you guys. I'm saying a lot, but I mean it. Yeah. Be blessed. Be blessed. <laughs>